All right, well, welcome everyone. Today's December 15th, 2020, and this is SMB's weekly Options Tribe meeting. The Options Tribe meets every Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. throughout the year, and the purpose of the Options Tribe is to bring you options trading authorities uh, from all over the world to present material that will help you to improve your game and hone your skills as an options trader. Um, I did want to mention that SMB Training is not a broker-dealer. We're doing these webinars for educational purposes only. Uh, every position and price and P&L you see on the screen today are going to be hypothetical and therefore not subject to the market factors of liquidity, slippage, and commissions. I also want to point out that options trading is risky, as is all forms of investing and trading. And so until you've gotten a good solid education and done a lot of backtesting and paper trading, you shouldn't expose your capital to options trading. Uh, if you do eventually get that education and do that kind of uh, research, then um, please trade small on a very on a very very low level relative to your net worth and net income for an extended period of time, so that you don't go on that learning curve of understanding how options respond to varying market conditions until you you've experienced many of them on a small amount of capital. That's the best way to go. Trust me. All right. So with that, John Locke is our guest today and John is going to be talking about how to maintain options trading consistency in changing markets and uh, you're going to want to stay through the entire presentation because it's excellent and compelling uh, and also because uh, we have some interesting important information for you at the end of the webinar. So please hang around if for no other reason than hear John's wisdom about life and about options trading. Uh, <laughs> now. We know you have wisdom about options trading. Whether you have any about life or not, I guess that remains to be seen. I believe you do. And so we're going to go ahead and get you started. So welcome, everybody. And today we're going to talk about how to maintain options trading consistency in changing markets. And we're going to talk to that relative to the M21 strategy. So we're going to tell you all about that. And, of course, we have our usual disclaimers that Seth already went over. So we will uh, motor on through that. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a trading performance and success coach with Locking Your Success LLC. We have some free resources at thewinningtrade.com where you can see some examples of the trading strategies that we do, including the M3 Bears Butterfly and a Lock, which is sold at SNB here. We um, also have a trading performance podcast. Uh, where there's free, free information on trading performance here, tradingperformancepodcast.com. And then, of course, we also have a virtual trader holiday party that we're going to be doing on the 30th. And I believe, Seth, you were welcome to that. Yes. And, and uh, maybe you I'm can planning to, to attend uh, <laughs> if I'm alive. If I'm alive, if you make it through this, the last couple of weeks of COVID before the end of 2020. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So yeah. So if you go come to our website, lockingyoursuccess.com, you can you, or you can uh, get information on that. But anyway, M21. Uh, first of all, I'd like to talk to, or just say that M21 is an advanced level program. So it's for somebody who's been through the M3 program, the Bearish Butterfly program, and the Rock program, and they fully understand those strategies, or they're at least at the level of trading with their options trading where they where they can trade those types of strategies and fully understand them. So mm -hmm. it is a very high level and we want to be aware of that. But once you're there, you know, this should be your goal is to get to this level as an income trader. So what M21 is, is essentially the process of applying technical analysis 
and subjective market opinion to our high probability trading strategies. And I'm asked, well, why would I want to do that? Well, for adaptability, okay, um, it's going to be very beneficial to you if you are able to identify and appropriately respond to market changes as you trade. Uh, also for self-confidence, we have a lot of traders who come in and they, you know, they find a trade and they hope that it works or hope that it makes money forever going into the future. And if you're trading that way, that's a little fearful, right? Because, you know, what happens if my trade stops working? Uh, we, so we want to eliminate the fear of not knowing how to respond to uh, strategy failures and also for consistency and returns. And, you know, the natural result of being able to appropriately respond to market changes and not having the fear that a strategy might fail is that you can gain consistency and returns uh, increase and get better and better. So when I was, you know, why M21? Where did this come about, right? When I was learning to trade, I asked myself the question, well, why have I failed? So I think most of us go through the same process as we're learning how to trade. You know, we come in, we don't know a whole lot about trading for the most part. Some people do, but a lot of us don't. And, you know, we come in and we have unrealistic expectations. We're led to believe that trading's easy. We're told to simply follow the same set of rules regardless of what the market context is doing. And... If you do that, if you just find the right set of rules, you shall make outlandish returns consistently for now and forever into the future. And I think a lot of people believe that. They come into the market and they say, oh, well, I just need to find a trade. You know, even though you know, we have people who are teams of people who get paid hundreds of thousands and sometimes million dollars a year to come together and learn and try to beat the S&P 500 and they have a real hard time doing it and a lot of them can't, okay, even though that happens, we're led to believe we're going to come in and just follow a set of rules and beat all those people. So unrealistic expectations, number one. Number two, the challenge I was having is what we call misplaced confidence. We're kind of taught to believe through our education system and as we're trading, to place your confidence in a trading strategy predominantly on past results. We say, oh, well, if this had this past results, or if it back-tested well, or if I traded it for a little while and it did well, then that means, again, I can be confident, right? That's where I'm going to get my confidence. Uh, I can be confident it will continue forever into the future, which is not where you want to place your confidence. You never want to place your confidence in a trading strategy. That is not the right path to go down to. And one of the main reasons for that is because as soon as that strategy fails, your confidence is shot, right? So, and the strategy will fail regardless of what it is. It doesn't really matter. It may not fail forever, but it's going to fail for at least a period of time as you're trading it. So what this does is it creates a what, we, what I call the repeating cycle of doom, where we test something. So we create a strategy, we find a strategy or whatever. We either test it through backtesting and fine-tune it through backtesting, or we trade it live, all right? And we test it with a small amount of capital. And then if we happen to hit a... Uh, an area of time where that trading strategy does well, we gain confidence in that strategy, 
And since we have confidence in the strategy, we scale it to size like crazy. At some point, that strategy is going to fail. When it does, if you've gained your confidence through trading the strategy or your confidence is in the strategy, when it fails, your confidence is shot. Therefore, you retreat, scale down to a very small size, or hop to another strategy, and you run the same cycle over and over and over again, years after year, decade after decade for some people. And uh, luckily, I realized that I was in this cycle fairly quickly because I've seen other people do it, and I was kind of modeling other people at the time, and I, I saw that happening. So the fourth reason here would be unproductive beliefs, right? So an unproductive belief for me was believing you will achieve consistent results by applying the same strategy to drastically different market conditions. And refusing to believe achieving great results consistently requires Achieving great results consistently requires constant adaptation to the market. The reality is, is we cannot expect to apply the same defined set of rules consistently to a drastically different situation in any part of life and expect a consistent result at the other end. There might be varying conditions under which we can get consistent results, but when we start getting to drastically different conditions, we cannot expect that. And like I said, name me a part of life where you can't expect that. <clears throat> so I want to bring to your awareness that markets change and also that the rate and speed at which they're changing is increasing. So we had a certain set of market conditions in 2010, uh, for example. And, you know, we have a certain asset price, which the asset price isn't all that relevant in itself, but look at the variance in the price. Look at the variance in the average true range. This is a seven-day average true range. Look at the variance in the VIX in the year 2010. And then as you go through the years and you get all the way to 2020, you'll see the price variance becomes much, much larger your ATR variance becomes much, much larger, and your VIX variance becomes much, much larger. And, you know, just an example, in 2018, you know, before, before 2008, we had a market crash every, I don't know, 10 years or something. 2008, we had our little crash. In 2010, two years later, we have a flash crash. We had another crash in 2011. We had a couple of years that it wasn't too bad. Then 2016, we had a crash. 2018, we had two crashes. And then, of course, we have the, the, this move here in 2020. You're getting larger variances. They're happening more and more frequently and closer together. So pointing out that Crash frequency is increasing. Price cycle, even our normal price cycles, are increasing in magnitude and variability, and they're happening in shorter and shorter time frames. So we're going from a low volatility grinding environment to this crazy back and forth volatile environment very, very quickly. The other thing that's happening now, particularly this year, is your applied volatility. Actually, this started happening in 2017, I think. Your implied volatility shifts are becoming less and less in line with asset price movement. So in our analytical software that we have estimates how much implied volatility is going to shift with so much of a percentage move in the asset. 
And it uses that information to protect, project your T plus zero line, tell you what your delta is, and all this other stuff. Um, that is dependent on the actual implied volatility shifting like the model thinks it's going to shift. And it's becoming less and less accurate. In other words, the implied volatility environment itself is changing, and it makes the analytical software itself a lot less dependable. So if you're heavily dependent on analytical software, that can become a problem, as if the, especially if this trend continues. Okay, And I also want to point out that this was happening even before the pandemic. Therefore, I would say the trend is likely to continue. I don't think we're going to have another down move like we did recently in the very near future, but um, we are getting, this is, this is becoming more and more the normal. So my point being that fixed, non-adaptable, non-subjective strategies are likely to become more and more consistent, um, or I'm sorry, become less and less consistent going forward. And we need to consider this. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't want to trade these. As a matter of fact, I say it's necessary to trade this way. It's necessary to come out and get some sort of a rule base and trade that rule base consistently through all market conditions. It's part of the learning process. It's part of understanding how strategies react in different market situations, in different implied volatility situations, different times to expiration. I think that's a vital part of the learning process. But when you get to the point where, hey, I'm going to go out on my own and I'm going to trade and I expect a consistent return with my trading, that ain't, that ain't going to work. It might work for six months, might work for a year, two years, but it's not going to work over a long period of time. So you want to move beyond that if that's your goal. So here, I want to point out that there's a huge difference between a high probability trade and high probability trading. Right, a bullish vertical with a 10 delta call uh, or a 10 delta put for a short put is a um, is a theoretically a 90% probability trade that it's going to work out. That's not true, but theoretically, that's what people tell you. Now, if you take that single strategy, there are times when that so-called 90% probability strategy, there are times in the marketplace where there's like a 99.9% .9 chance that's going to work out, right? You have certain setups in the market where the market, the probability of the market going up or at least not coming down very far is extremely, extremely high, making that a very, very probable outcome. But you can take that same high probability trade and you can throw it in another environment and there's a very, very low probability that trade's going to win. Right, we come into an overextension, into a um, into a resistance level. We have a major support break. That same high probability strategy is no longer high probability because it's not being applied in the right context. And a lot of people can see this with like a bullish vertical, for example, but they can't see it with a broken wing butterfly or a condor or something like that. But the but the reality is that dynamics going on underneath all the time, regardless of what your trading strategy is. With high probability trading, on the other hand, where you, we can utilize high probability strategies, 
or trades, but we want to utilize them within the context of the market. So blindly entering the same high probability trade consistently regardless of what's happening going in the market is not the same as high probability trading. High probability trading is utilizing every resource at your disposal in a way that gives you the highest probabilities of making as much money as possible with the least amount of risk possible given the current market situation. So when we do this, we're going to be creating trading plans that utilize high probability trading strategies in a way that create a great risk reward profile and has a high probability of being profitable within the context of the market situation. This is where we want to go. This is where we want to lead to. So our M21 does that. Now, the, that being the case, the M21 is not a trade. It's a process for analyzing the market and utilizing the trading strategies you know in the most effective way possible. All right, so it's about truly putting the odds in your favor, educating yourself to read the market situation, to fully understand positioning as far as your trades and your strategies go, to understand how your positions interact with the marketplace. And one of the more important things is identifying when the market situation changes. Because we might have one market situation when we enter the strategy, but that situation can change as the trade unfolds. You want to be able to under, uh, understand and identify when that changes and what to do about it. But the whole objective here is to create a truly high probability trade for the specific situation we happen to be in. Now, the M21 program focuses on three trading strategies, right? Because I had to use... Um, I have to use trading strategies to demonstrate the process, all right? So when I started building this M21, I needed three different trading strategies to bring traders to the level where they could actually trade this way. And one of them is the M3, right? It's the high probability, low drawdown trading system, teaches position management of a flat delta position. We have a bearish butterfly, high probability, high yield high drawdown trading strategy that teaches how to handle scaling in and high delta and gamma positions. And then, of course, we have the rock position, which is the first position that really puts you into being adaptable to the market. The rock trading strategy automatically adapts to the market, assuming that the implied volatility in the market does what it's supposed to do. So, but the rock position teaches you how to, how to dynamically adapt to market conditions, both on entry and during the trade, based on how the volatility skew situation is represented in the depot zero line and how price moves once the position is entered. And if you've traded the rock strategy or you've seen the results of the rock strategy, it does a really good job at this. So that's another thing that you can put into your um, trading strategies is just have the awareness that, hey, if I have, I don't know, whatever it is, doesn't matter if it's M3 or Rhino or some Condor or whatever, this strategy or this rule set that I'm applying to the marketplace right now, it's going to have a, um, it's going to, be profitable in a certain subset of market situations. And it's going to be detrimental. This rule set's going to be detrimental to me in other subsets of market conditions. And if you realize that and you understand how to adapt that, you can adapt any one of those strategies, or in other words, change the way the strategy functions, depending on the context of the marketplace. That's kind of what we do with the rock trade. So 
we have that, and then uh, also, just so everybody's aware of it, we also have a master class series that has 64 hours of hands-on application of the Bearish Butterfly, the M3, the Rock, and the M21. So th all this material here is designed to prep you to be uh, great at the M21. So what we're going to do with M21 is we're going to take a look at the market conditions, and we're going to make some expectations about where we think or what we think the market should do. Now, the misconception that people have here, they say, oh, you're doing directional. The market has to do what you think it's going to do in order to uh, make money or in order to win. And that couldn't be further from the truth. All right. The reality is, is we want to set up market expectations. First of all, we want to understand the market we're entering into. We want to see what is going on in the marketplace. And we want to understand that. And then we also want to understand when, if the market continues to do what it's been doing, what is going to happen in the market, right? That's easy enough. This is what the market's been doing. It's, it's been you know, testing the support level. It's been doing this resistance level, or it's been climbing up um, the ladder of price patterns, as, as you say. So it's been doing this. If it continues to do that, what's likely to happen? If it breaks the support level, right? So I'm not saying it has to continue to do what it's doing. I'm saying if it continues to do what it's doing, this is, this is, how, this is what's going to happen. If things change, how do I know if things change? Because I've set up my expectations. So I, I set up my expectations, and then I say, well, if things change, what should happen next? So if I break this support level, for example, okay, so uh, let me go back a little bit. So let's say the Russell's range bound in the top and bottom range. I can say, well, market should stay in this range. Simple. Um, if it breaks this support level, that brings in a new expectation. We set a price pattern target off of a support level, and we have an expectation of the market going down there. So now we have new expectations. If the support level breaks, then it comes back up into the previous range. We have a different set of expectations. So it's about knowing how the market should behave, knowing when expectations change and how that, that new information should affect the marketplace. And then on top of that, how am I going to trade each of those scenarios? In other words, you already have your scenarios all marked out. Most people go into not most people, but a lot of traders go into um, trading. They put the trade on, and they just hope it works, and or they've convinced themselves that it is going to be profitable pretty much all the time. They don't really understand what's going on necessarily. They've just convinced themselves of that. That's problematic because... You're kind of, and this is this is really easy with these types of strategy too. You kind of you kind of hide your losing scenario from yourself. So, in other words, if I buy a stock and I put a, a, a loss limit on it and a profit target or whatever, I can see my loss scenario. Oh, the market goes down, I lose. I put a bullish, bullish vertical on the same thing. I can see my loss scenario, right? The market goes down, I lose. 
So we put adjustment strategies in to hide our loss scenario, or we enter as a broken wing butterfly flat delta to hide our loss scenario so we don't see it ourselves. And we can lose, we can lose um, um, sight of the fact that that trading strategy, whatever it is, it has a losing scenario. There's, there's certain events in the marketplace, whether it be a price move or implied volatility shift or you know, a move at the wrong time or a slip in an adjustment, that trading strategy has losing scenarios and we tend to hide it from ourselves. When we go into M21, we want to be fully aware of what those losing scenarios are in our trading strategy and where that weakness lies and aware of your market conditions. And you want to know when the market conditions shift in a way that's going to push against the losing scenario of that trade. And then you want to reconfigure. That's mainly what we want to do here. So, we want to do that. So let's take a look at just a bit of an example here. I'm just going to drag down the chart of the Russell. So I'm 21. We do mainly in the Russell, just so you know. Uh, you can. That said, you can apply this to any. Uh, you can apply it to any asset, and you can apply it to um, uh, different types of strategies, right? I can. You know, if I trade a different type of strategy, I can apply everything I, I learn in M21, the, I, the, uh, the technical analysis part of the program, the uh, setting up expectations of market movement, the, um, and, and building the trading plans. They can all be applied to any strategy. So you want to make sure you understand that. And my point being, it's not like when you learn a set of rules and – hey, I don't want to do that set of rules anymore. Therefore, that set of rules is no good to me, right? This is completely different where you learn these concepts, you can apply it to anything. You can even apply it to directional trading. So uh, you want to keep that in mind. But if I'm here, so I'm going to, let's, let's go right here, for example. And I'm going to go to the 21st. Now, the, 20, the reason I picked the 21st is simply because this is going to be the 21st of um, – Actually, this is the 24th, right? No, this is the 21st. The 21st of February, 2020. I picked the 21st because it is 56 days to expiration, and that's when most of our strategies are entered. You're doing M21, you can enter at any time. You enter based on opportunity, not based on an entry date. But let's just take this. I wanted to throw an example together, so let's just take this 21 days, uh, 56 days to expiration, and um, let's take a look at what we have here. So one of the things I want to point out is Russell had, was in a range. It was in this range here. It broke out of this range. That gives us certain price pattern targets, and um, – so we broke out of this range. We came up to a, basically a pattern target, and we backed off. We retested support. Now we're coming back up again. So the Russell's kind of in a sideways, what I would call a sideways box range as far as I'm concerned. Again, different people are going to look at this differently, but it doesn't really matter how you look at it, as you'll see, because you can be very wrong, and you'll be perfectly fine. And we're all going to have different opinions, but that's that's what I see. I see the Russell going, going from this sideways range, hopping up into this sideways range. Um, that being the case, if I'm looking at this as being in a sideways range, my expectations, if the market doesn't change, if nothing changes in the marketplace, my expectations is are 
basically I'm going to stay in that range. Um, and that being the Russell may come down to 1600 and it may be up to 1720. That would be a completely normal move for this. In other words, going forward, my normal expectation, Russell stays between 1720 and uh, 1600. Now, I can plan a trade around that. I can also plan for if that fails. So here I am in this range. I can take a look at this and I can say, look, the Russell broke out of this range. The asset has no business being back down here. As a matter of fact, if it comes back down into 1600, chances are, and if you've, if you worked with me like with my market update or, or, or if you've done any of my technical analysis courses, okay, if it comes back out into here, we expect it has no business being there, and we can expect to move to the Russell back down to uh, 1451. So today, if the market conditions stay the same, I expect the asset to stay in this range. If it breaks down under here, I would expect it to come down here to at least here relatively, quick, relatively quickly. But I also want to look at my past experience, right? So we have a very similar situation back here as we have right here. Back in 2018, we had the first market crash, and I don't want to mess up where the chart is, but if I scaled this back, this looks very similar where I was in a range, I broke out into new all-time highs, okay? I came back down, and I crashed back down into the range. And when I crashed back down into the range that time, I came all the way down into this level. So I can almost, or at least I should be prepared for, if I do crash back down into this level, that the market's probably going to come down into here. If we break out to the upside, I can set in a price pattern target to the upside, and I can get an idea of where the market's likely to go to the upside. Right? I can come into here, and I can set this in to, it's going to be like 1840 to the upside. And I can have those all in my mind, and I'm going to write this stuff down. Now, no, not only am I going to look at the Russell, but I'm also going to look at the other indexes because the Russell, even though it doesn't always behave exactly the same as the other indexes, it is influenced by the other indexes, and it's going to, you're going to find support and resistance levels that correlate, and you're going to find that one index is going to um, pretty much tell you sometimes what the other indexes are doing. Like, for example, if we look at the NDX and we go to the same date, which is here, um, it's going to be right here on the 21st. I'm going to zoom in some more. The NDX is actually uptrending. Right, and we had a breakout, and we went to a price pattern target, and it's kind of resetting off of the off of, off of hitting its price pattern target. We also have um, a trend line here that's in red right here on this, where um, where if it breaks that trend line, that's an indication that the Russell's probably going to be weaker than we think. Okay, so. Uh, when I'm looking at the Russell staying the same, I also look at the NDX staying the same. So in order for the Russell to maintain in its sideways range, then I would want to see the NDX maintain its up, upward trend or its upward trend line. Okay, so – and we're going to – again, we're going to um, take those considerations into, 
into account when we do this, but we're going to look at all the indexes. So I'm going to put all this stuff together and uh, all these facts together, and I'm going to basically map out my market scenario and my expectations, right? So I can say the Russell appears to be, and again, this is very simplified because this does take a lot of um, um, work, and I can't do the whole thing in an, in an hour, okay? But what I can say here is the Russell appears to be in a 120-point range. The price is currently consolidating near the top of the range. It's 40 points to resistance. You expect to move to – if, if I get a resistance break, in other words, if it breaks up, I, I can expect to move to 1835. Um, the asset's not overextended. Right? I want to know if my asset's overextended. Uh, we have the S – if you look at the SPX at the same time frame, it had broke out from a price pattern. It's at 50% of the way to the next resistance point or its price pattern target, um, which is 80 points from where it is now. Uh, this index appears to be weakening in strength. In other words, we have, it was in an uptrend, but it seems to be weakening. The NDX is pulling off a price pattern resistance, and that's normal bullish. We have the Dow, which appears to be pushing into a sideways trend with potential topping pattern, and, that, and that's essentially weakening the, in, in the price action. So we have a couple of indexes that are getting some weakening price action. We have the NDX, which is holding strong. We have uh, the Russell, which is in its sideways range. Okay, so... We just want to be aware of all this, and we can, again, use these other indexes because one of the things about the market crash that happened right after this was the first signal of the, that the market or that the Russell was going to break its support was actually the NDX breaking its trend line. In the NDX breaking its trend line, um, you can plan for the Russell breaking support because if that's the case, chances are the weak index is going to break support, and you can plan for that a little bit ahead of time. So you can really get... You can really get into this and 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 set up um, a very good understanding of the marketplace. Um, but I want to um, figure out my expected ranges for the Russell, and I said it was sixteen hundred to seventeen twenty. I want to do that for all my indexes. I want to understand where all those expected ranges are, and uh, I'm looking for changes, right? Uh, so I can, I, and I can say short-term, we shouldn't be under 1,600. If we do, well, we talked about that's going to be very significant, and I can expect probably a very large move off of that. Um, we shouldn't be over 1,720. If we are, then we're likely to go to 1,835. Uh, I can look at my longer term, you know, it, in other words, my 45-plus days. My expectations for the asset these next 45 days is to basically be in a sideways move or break out because the assets in general are bullish, right? So I'm in a bullish market conditions and I have to be aware that um, my, my lo most likely scenario is, is my 45 day sideways move. My second most likely scenario would be a breakout to 1835. My least most likely scenario is the market's going to break down and blow apart, which is what ended up happening. All right. But I'm also aware that a move under 1600 would make a substantial breakdown probable because I don't know what the market's going to do, but that, that would be probable. And then, of course, I want to watch my, eight, my NDX uh, 9280 level and my SPX 3200 for increased probability of Russell breakdowns. So I'm setting up all these expectations of where I think the market's going. I haven't even mentioned a trade yet because I don't want to have a trade and then hope the market scenario fits my trade. I want to see the market scenario, what it's probably going to do, and then I want to design the strategy around that. So I set this up. So I can say, in a nutshell, Russell's relatively weak. In other words, if I have the four, in, 
if I have the four indexes, Russell's the weakest, so it's a four. Uh, it's near the top of a sideways range. The NDX is the leader. It's number one. Uh, it's trending up and pulling back to um, uh, off of a off of a uh, price pattern target. The SPX is the second strongest index. It's at 50% of price pattern target of a breakout um, to all-time highs. The Dow is third. It has a failed. If you look at the Dow at this time frame, you have a failed cup and pattern break, uh, cup and handle breakout. Uh, it appears to be pushing into a sideways range or setting up a topping pattern, which is potentially a change in the marketplace to the bearish side. Uh, that being the case, I'm thinking the most likely scenario for for Russell's to range sideways between 1600 and 1720. So now I have to think about uh, what's my confidence level in my expectations. Sometimes you look at the market and you can get a really good feeling for whether the market's going up or down or whether it's going to be range bound. Sometimes not. And you want to trade with your maximum loss to the size of your confidence level as you're going in. So here I'm going to keep my maximum loss to um, $5,000. Should be about three quarters of my potential gain. Another thing we try to do with M21 is we try not to set up for a one-to-one -one risk reward ratio. So a lot of our trading strategies, we have a profit target of $5,000, say, and a maximum loss of $5,000. I generally want to avoid that. I want to keep my risk reward ratio in line, okay, uh, or my reward better than my risk. Um, I, I want to note, note my total capital, note that my profit expectations are variable, and then I, I basically want to go through all this process. I want to ask a bunch of trade design questions, which you can look at later. It's getting late, so we'll move on, which you can look at later. Okay, And then I want to set up some design specifications for the trading strategy. So under these conditions, right? I'm in a sideways range. I'm near the top of the range. My best entry would be a bearish butterfly entry. This doesn't mean I'm going to trade it out as a bearish butterfly, but it's my best entry. If the market continues up, then yes, um, uh, I will trade the bearish butterfly until I get a breakout, at which point I'm going to shift into a V32 strategy or an M3 plus strategy, right? an M3, a positive delta M3 strategy. And then, then if my breakout fails, I exit. Right, so I'm I'm taking a I'm taking the situation and I'm saying, well, if the market goes up and it breaks out of the area I think it's going to be, and I'm de I'm down less than fifteen hundred bucks, then I can shift into a different type of strategy and I can trade it. If I'm down more than fifteen hundred bucks, then I'm just going to exit. Um, and I'm going to try and when I design that strategy, I'm going to, I'm going to try and make it so that if I do break that point, I'm always under fifteen hundred dollars. Um, and then I should, and then if I I have a breakout failure, I don't know what's going on in the marketplace. I just want to exit, right? So that's what I'm saying. If it runs sideways as expected, in other words, the market goes down and then up, uh, I'm going to do a bearish butterfly to M3 transition. If it breaks support, I'm going to trade the modified rock concept. If by chance we get overextended into resistance on the position. Uh, I'm allowed to do a rock conversion off of the M3 position and my intentional losing scenarios. You always want to have your intentional losing scenarios. Um, this is not true. The move under 1440 is not uh, there. That was a mistake, but basically over uh, 1625. So I'm going to set up something like this. So I'm going to start out in a modified bearish butterfly position. And by that, I mean I'm putting a, a butterfly on 20 points under the money, but I'm putting an out-of-the-money call on it also for the purposes of 
Oh, hold on. For the purposes of keeping my drawdown at seventeen twenty under fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, so I have a very specific purpose for doing that. If I hold range, if if what I think is going to happen happens, I think the market's going to come down to here. I think the market's going to come back up to here. That's my thought for the next 30-day period. So I'm going to make money on the down move. If it does what I expect, and then I'm converting into a positive delta M3 for the remainder of the up move, and I'm going to be designed to take my maximum profit up into here. So I'm setting up for that. Um, my hope being I'll actually scale in a little bit to be in a bearish butterfly, maybe two-thirds or three-thirds before I actually get my down move. That didn't happen here. Um, if we just go up or we go up and I pop this level, I'm expecting a move to 1835. I'm going to convert over to a positive delta M3. And if I have a $1,500 drawdown, I'm going to exit. Uh, if I break back into range, I'm going to exit. If it breaks down into here, I'm going into modified rock position because I'm expecting a very big increase in in um, in price movement. If I get a breakdown from that level, that would be significant. I know that would scare the market. So uh, I know what, what type of trade responds well in that environment, modified rock. So I'm going to do that. If we have a fake out, we fake under this level and then go back up. I'm going back into an M3, a positive delta M3 or V32. If we go down, up, down, I exit. Okay, so this is my essentially my general plan for trading this going on into the future. And if I do that, this is what that looks like. I'll go through this very, very quickly to show how this is. So this is my entry, which is exactly what I had in the picture. I'm just I have this I have a bearish butterfly entry. I'm planning to scale in my bearish butterfly on the way up. I have um, this call in here to keep my loss under uh, $1,500 should we break $1,720. This is where I expect the market to bottom out at $1,600. Then I expect the market to be back up into here. Okay, so let's just go, go quickly through this. So the market goes down some. I get an increase in negative delta. Generally, that's bullish, right? That's a bullish signal on implied volatility that the market's likely to go up. Plus, um, if I'm doing this here and I'm expecting that this is going to hold 1,600, I might want to just straighten out my delta a little bit. The other thing is, too, if the market went theoretically went right back up to 1,720, at least according to my T plus zero line, I'm drawn down too much. So I want to fix that. And I'm just going to fix that by taking my call. I'm going to move a little bit more in the money. Okay, and here's my position. So I just corrected my upside drawdown should we get to that. So everything's going to plan so far. So if I go here, we get a 55-point down move in the marketplace. This is below my 1,600 level. This changes my whole exp this changes my expectations. I've gotten a market condition change. I got a breakdown. Now I actually get the I actually got the market condition change or the signal of the day before from the uh, NDX. Right, the NDX broke support, um, but now the Russell the SPX also broke support as did the Russell. So clear indication here that we're getting a change in market conditions. So I'm going to switch back to something that looks exactly the same as I have here pretty much. But what it is, is it's the modified rock concept within the rock trading strategy. So I'm going to switch back into that. And what that is, is essentially going to be uh, butterflies 
with out-of-the-money calls, and often there's more than one. So you can do, I have 30 delta here, I can do 30 delta with one 30 delta call, or I can do it with 310 delta, or I can do it with six five delta calls. And I'm not going to get into it now because we're short on time, but the, there's going to be a difference in how those react. So I chose to do it this way. So if I get if we get what we call a snap and crack in the marketplace and it goes back up above resistance, I should get a nice um, pop in that call and we should make some of those calls and we should make some good money. And there's not a whole lot of risk to the downside. So this is the positioning I'm in if I'm expecting very large market moves. So if I go from day to day here, okay. We're here. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit positive delta. I broke down from this. If I'm looking at my charts here, let's go to uh, Russell for a minute. Once I get the breakdown, I'm just going to go here. Once I get the breakdown into this range, I'm expecting the market to go here at least and probably to go here. So with the market here at this point, somewhere in the 1500s, I'm still a little bit bearish. So I am going to not overdo it, but I'm not really going to want to be taking on any real positive delta at this point. So I'm just kind of making a minor correction, okay? Um, okay, now we go down. We get a big down move here. Really don't need to do anything at this point. I'm actually at 1450, which is pretty much where I thought the market would go. And I'm, all, I'm actually a little bit bullish off of this area. I think we're going to bounce, right? So 1450, looking at our charts here, okay. 1450 is pretty much right here. We would expect a bounce off of this level or at least a potential bounce. So I don't want to get overly aggressive to as far as the down move just yet. So here um, I'm going to move forward. We do get a bit of a, uh, a bit of bounce in the marketplace. And we're just kind of waiting, waiting. Uh, now we get a 42 point up move and our delta starts to get a little bit high. So it looks like, it appears as though we're going to probably bounce this level, which makes sense. It's a major support level. We're probably going to bounce it. I don't want to get over crazy, but I might want to make a bit of a delta correction here in case the market takes off. I don't want the crushing T plus zero line. So I'm going to just increase my call power a little bit. All right, so now if the market really uh, uh, snap and cracks or, or runs back to our resistance level, this is going to help us with that. So if I go to the next day, oops, we were wrong. Okay, really, we're outside the tent, but there's really no need to do anything here. We're delta, we're delta flat. Um, we are probably going down to the next level, but let's give it another day. Okay. We go down another 44. We're in this position here. We're getting far enough back that we're going to do a rollback, which is just a typical rollback into the same positioning. So we're just rolling back into a 1410. And again, we're repositioning our out of money calls and we're about flat delta. And that's what we look like. So now I'm just kind of seeing what the market's doing because now I don't really know what to expect. So we get another 127 point down move. The interesting thing about when implied volatility starts to shift, especially if you're in like modified rock position, is that a lot of times you can be way outside the tent and not really have an issue, right? So I'm still negative delta, at least according to my analytical software. We're not, we don't have a profit and loss issue. There's no real reason to do anything here yet. 
I want to just give it some time. If I go the following day, again, we bounce a little bit. Next day, right, we spent three days down here, and now I'm getting some positive delta. So I said, well, I might as well do the rollback at this point. And again, this is um, basically modified rock guidelines. Uh, so let me move this back. Repositioning here, coming into our uh, what, 1240s. Let's just run a few more days. Okay, the market continues down. Again, I'm still negative delta. I'm way outside, but there's really no need to necessarily do anything here this day. So let's go to Friday the 13th. I'm actually picking up some negative delta, so I'm going to add in some call power. I'm going to bring down, basically bring this down. And I did two at 1370. Then we get our 149 point down move. Again, we're far enough back where that warrants a, uh, and positive enough delta that warrants a rollback here. So we come back and we do the same thing. We just come back to, in this case, 1,040. This is our new position. We're flat delta. We are, uh, we're an 11 delta call. I'm just gonna go through this quickly so we don't get too tied up here. I think we spend a few days here. Go down 126, not a problem. Go up 75, not a problem. Okay, we start to take on some negative delta here with this down move. So I'm going to, again, increase my call size here. We're going to end up going down, but that's not really a problem. Okay, big up move. I could adjust here if I wanted to. Uh, chose to hold it. Go the next day. All right, we get we end up getting way outside the tent. We want to do our roll up at this point. In other words, we want to do a reposition. So a lot of movements here. If I want to stay in this, I can really exit this anytime I want. Um, I'm at a um, a fifty eight hundred dollar profit. Um, I think there's still more money in it. So implied volatility is acting really nicely for me. So I would tend to stay in this. And you know, we'll just bring this to its conclusion. Again, we blow outside the tent a little bit, see if we do that for two days. Now we pull back. Okay, now we're doing an up adjustment because we're hitting negative delta. So um, this is a sign that the market wants to go up. So we're going to basically flatten ourselves out here. Again, more call power. So you can see we're handling this pretty much the same way. Of course, we're wrong and the market goes down, but that's not that big a deal, okay? Um, see, we end up rolling back. Yeah, we end up having to do a roll back here because we kind of got caught uh, with the market coming down too far. And again, we're still in, still in the same positioning. Right, so notice this type of positioning does really well, which is why we're in it, and that's why we plan for it. Okay, now we have that. Again, that's just another roll-up from here to here. And then, of course, we have eight, eight days left. No need to do anything there. Another roll-up if you want at 52 points. 
Um, here, nine days to expiration, 11,000 up. Another roll up, because we got outside the tent here. And at some point, I'm going to start having a gamma problem, and that's when I want to start to think about exiting this thing. So here, we just pull back a little bit. Here, you can see we're starting to have a bit of a gamma issue, three days to expiration, finally. This is certainly correctable pretty easily by just moving a call. So we can do that. And now I'm here with three calls up at the top. And then I think the following day we got a down move. And there's no point in rolling this one day to expiration up 17,000 and we would exit the trade. So that's essentially how an M21 strategy might work. Okay. Um, and that's how we do things. So um, let's just quickly go back to the slideshow. Then I'll just take some questions and then we can move on. Uh, so, I, I that's the type of thing that you can do with M21. It's not that you know that the market's going to crash. It's not that you know if the market's going up or down because we don't know what the market's going to do. But we what we can do is we can set up our expectations. We can know when those expectations change, and we can understand which type of trading strategy is going to work well in each of those types of situations. And then we can apply them to, I mean, we had a trading strategy there that we just set up that had a potential exit loss trigger $1,500 under some circumstances. Uh, under the absolute worst conditions, it might have lost 5,000, but it takes in 17,000 for a profit. If you can do that effectively, and you don't have to do that every time, but if you can keep your wins bigger than your losses, and you can keep your probabilities really high, and you can understand how to handle all these different types of market situations, it really, really increases your probability of winning. It really increases your overall returns, and it really increases your consistency in being profitable as a trader. So with this here, we can learn how to optimize the M3, the bearish butterfly, and the rock strategies. Um, how to properly analyze the market and determine probabilities in order to stay in the best position for a given market situation. We can learn how to create custom trading plans for each trade cycle that maximizes your probability of winning. And this is going to eliminate the fear that the market might be different in the, in the future than it has been in the past. Uh, eliminate the fear that trade might stop working because you know what you're doing. You don't need it. You don't, you're not relying on a set of rules anymore because you, you understand what's going on and you have the skills to become a confident, competent, uh, adaptable trader. And keeping in mind, the skills in the M21 can be applied to most other types of trading as well. Um, you know, master the M21 process. I mean, security, confidence, adaptability, and consistency. That's what we're after as traders. And that's where I'd like everybody to be. So that is pretty much what I have, Seth. I have a couple yes. of questions that John, you probably have a question. Yeah. Well, before we jump into the questions, what I wanted to do was make sure everyone knew what was happening between now and the end of the year. And then I'm sure. thinking uh, we'll go back that. to the questions. Let's do that. Who has been uh, an options income trader for any length of time is realizing by now how sophisticated this system is and how brilliant this is. And I don't, I'm not aware of anything out there that, that comes even close to this level of understanding of options income strategies and how to adapt them to market conditions. It's, it's uh, pretty one of a kind. And so once a year we like to, um, make this more affordable for people. And um, we really do consider it the ultimate trade planning for
for advanced market neutral options traders. If you're sitting here for the first uh, options tribe meeting and you're not sure what we mean by deltas and uh, theta and gamma and so forth, then it's probably not for you yet. You need a, you need some more uh, fundam fundamental work to get to this uh, point. But if you do have a gen or generally following what John is saying, uh, I'm not sure you're going to find a better program out there to pull everything together uh, and include technical analysis in your trade planning. So we have a number of guys on our desk who use these principles in their trading. Um, and the way we look at it is this is a wonderful opportunity for everyone to uh, learn how to trade the M21 in 2021. Set yourself up for a really terrific year of trading and take your trading to the next level. So typically, um, the M21 course is selling, the, the video course itself is selling for 1875 and we've reduced it to $1,399. So what is that? Uh, almost a $500 drop for the next, uh, till basically till New Year's Eve. And so um, that's for this video course, which is 10 on-demand videos. And these are long, long sessions, um, trade planning, workshops, et cetera, as well as John going through technical analysis and all of the steps to um, complete your M21 plan for a trade as it comes up each month, as well as 490 slides um, explaining uh, exactly how to uh, structure your trades. Now, it, those of you, remember we mentioned that the bearish butterfly, the M3 and the rock are prerequisite strategies. So if you're excited about what you've seen today, we're taking all of those, packaging them together, if you took the individual retail price of those separately, they'd be $6,100. We've dropped it to $3,949. So that's over, that's almost a $3,200 uh, drop for the full package of courses. And then you're set um, because now you'll learn all the base strategies. And if you uh, do not, you know, it, and, and then you can cap it off with the M21, which really pulls it all together for you. So, um, now, in addition, we, John, uh, uh, several years ago, did a number of, six, I, I guess, 64 sessions. They were each about an hour, uh, 64 sessions of group mentoring. And uh, those sessions cover the M21, the M3, the Bearish Butterfly, and the Rock. And so we took all those and we put them together as John Locke's Master Class Series. It's basically unbelievable amount of material to show you the practicalities of how to apply all of John's strategies to actual market conditions that took place. So it's sort of like a crash course that you will come out of this so uh, under, um, uh, deeply uh, understanding how all these strategies work. It's, it's almost unbelievable how much material is in these 64 hours. So normally that's twenty nine fifty, which is a ridiculous bargain on its own. We're dropping that down to fourteen seventy five uh, until New Year's Eve. So what you want to do is go to this URL smbu.com slash m twenty one dash packages. That's what you want to go to, and then you got to sort of figure out where you are in this. Do you already own the bearish butterfly, the rock, and the M3? In which case, then, all you need is the M21 video course itself at this tremendous discount. If you don't have any of the prerequisite courses and you want to have the whole package, 
which really is setting yourself up to be a professional options trader, essentially, then that's that 39.49 price, tremendous uh, drop from the 6,100 uh, retail price of these courses. Now, if you want to add the master lock, the master class series, there's 64, so 64 hours of training, then we're only charging 9.99 if you want to add it to your course. So it's basically a way of helping you to enrich your your M21 course. So if you buy just the M21 video series alone for 990 you add basically 1000 bucks to 2398, you get the master class series. If you want to take the master class series and add that to the M21 full package, again that becomes the 4948 price, $1000 more than this M21 package price. So it's really this one here really gives you John pouring everything he's got into how to use the M21 series and all of its components with zillions of examples. Now, if you own some of the strategies, as many of the attendees do, we've set it up nicely for you. So, for example, let's say you only own the bearish butterfly. Well, then you can uh, buy the other three for a discount price for the next 14 days. Same with the M3. You buy the other three for way off of what they'd cost you otherwise. Same if you own the Bears Butterfly and the M3, but you don't have the Rock. You don't have M21. We have a price for that. And so, and and by the way, if you want to just buy the Master Class Series, for example, you already own everything else and you didn't really realize this was available. This is on half off, 64 hours of of training for 14.75 for 14 for the, for the next. Um, 15 days. So it's really, really a wonderful opportunity for everybody. And I really think you should take it seriously if you want to take your trading uh, to the next level. So you want to go to smbu.com slash M21 dash packages. That's the URL you need. We're going to be sending you emails, which will also contain that URL. So you don't have to panic if you don't have a pencil. You will, we're going to send all this out to you over the next several days. But if you do and you want to check it out immediately and get in early, uh, then this is a way to do it. Just go right to that um, that uh, URL. I don't know about you, John. If I heard this and I didn't know much about options income trading, I would want to buy everything. I don't know. What do you think, John? <laughs> I'm just buying everything on here. So, uh, yeah. You, what? So we are now, and of course, I'm kidding around. I only want people to buy Right. Only if you're ready for it. Exactly. Only if you're ready for it. And if you are, if if you generally follow what John was saying, you're probably ready for it. Um, if you didn't know, you know, if you didn't really follow the concepts uh, and you got lost, then you're probably not quite ready for it. And you need uh, some more fundamental work first. So yeah. you're, you're going to have to make that decision for or, yourself. Or if you've been doing this for 10 years and you haven't gotten anywhere, you definitely need it. So. Yeah, you definitely need it. But at least you understand some of these concepts. Okay. Right. So with that, let's go ahead and start delving into some of these questions and comments which have come in. So question, have Option Explorer guidelines been established for M21's base trades or do you still need Option View? Yeah, the M3, the Bearish Butterfly, and the Rock have been updated for Option Explorer. So that's the answer to that. I'm a new Go member. I would like to begin stage four after the holidays. I'm trying to decide on which training track to get started with, either Russell or SPX-based strategy. It seems the M21's focused on RUT strategies. Yes, the M21 is focused on Russell strategies. But I wonder if you meant it for it to be integrate with the X4 systems. Um, for those of you who, who have the X4, the X4 
covers a lot of the stuff the, the M21 covers as far as trade planning and setup goes, but it's just specifically for the SPX. Realistically, you can use anything in M21 to set up an SPX trade once you understand everything, or you can go back and forth. You can do it with um, that as well. And uh, this is this is one that's really not relevant to what we're talking about. So, but I'll just say it anyway. What would you what would make you transition from a butterfly to an uh, to a M3 structure over an M3.4U structure. So this is just says, this is basically saying, when would you rather be in a butterfly call structure versus a broken wing butterfly structure? There's That's a very, very long answer that we don't want to get into here, but a very short generalization would be a butterfly call structure is generally going to be better in choppy back and forth markets. A broken wing butterfly structure is usually going to perform better in a continuously grinding up market. And that's what I have. Your turn, Seth. Okay, great. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be fast because I know a lot of folks are uh, getting ready to head out. Uh, Sergey is asking, what was the capital requirement in the example you just gave? Okay, so that was a $50,000 planned capital trade, but I would almost be willing to bet you we didn't get more than $20,000 in it. Okay. I think our entry position was probably – actually, let's go to entry position – um, go ahead. While you're talking. Okay. Albert S. is asking, do you still have losses with the M21 strategy, and what is the maximum permit permissible losses, essentially, is his question. You have losses regardless of what you do, no matter how good you are or how good you become. You always have losses. The maximum permissible loss on, on this is going to be whatever you make it. So we are doing our own trade planning, and... Whatever trade size you want to plan and whatever loss you want to plan for, that's what you make it because you're, you're developing your own trade basically for the cycle. Okay, next question is, do you ever use a stop loss or at least an alert to prevent a catastrophic loss? Nope. Well, yeah, hold on. I have exit loss triggers where if I'm past a certain point at my checkpoint time, I'll exit. I do not worry about where the market goes during the day. What configure, configuration option model settings did you use in option net for this? Okay, so it's just a standard settings, no volatility surface, no CEV. All right. Um, Robert's asking, is there a reason for a trade to start looking for a trade at 56 days to expiration? Uh, nope, it's just whatever your preference is. You can trade whatever time frame you'd like. Sergey is asking, how often do you adjust the M21? Is this something you need to watch closely throughout the day? This is, your, again, you're, you're designing your own custom trading strategy. So you are going to make that decision on your own. You can decide to trade it during the day. You can decide to do a catastrophic loss during the middle of the day. I don't trade that way. So usually when I do an M21, I, I, I attempt to... That's, that goes that goes into my planning of the trade. If I don't want a trade that is going to require a lot of adjustments, then I will set up a trade that doesn't require a lot of adjustments. Okay, so it's all up to what you want to do. Like for example, my initial when I initially set up this trade, this trade would have, if the market did what I expected it to, it would have had maybe three adjustments for the whole trade. Right now, I decided to hang with it when the market broke support. Which required, with the with the huge market crash, required a lot of adjustments almost daily for a period of time. But again, if my thing is I don't want to do an adjustment every day, 
I know if I break that support level, I'm probably going to have to do an adjustment every day, right? Because because now I'm getting into volatile market conditions. I can I can plan that as my exit to the strategy. So it's completely up to the trader. You have the freedom to do that. Yeah. Right. Let's go with one more question from Albert. How do you handle slippage trading the M21? There's so many adjustments. You must lose a lot to slippage. Well, as you know, I don't believe in the term slippage. I have no problems executing trades and no problems being profitable. So um, especially when you're looking at making seven, it, there's no more adjustments than any other strategy of this type. Uh, particularly, I mean, a lot of them didn't survive the down move, never mind make $17,000, right? So um, that's just that's just part of the deal when trading these types of things. And again, you can set up this trading strategy if you'd like for um, for minimal adjustments, however you want to do it, you know, and, and, and you can do it that way or, or whatever. So it's the choice is yours. The world is your oyster. <laughs> okay, great. All right, John. Well, I think that wraps it up for just, questions. Just a, just a side note. Yeah. This trade had $9,000 in it total and it returned 17,000. Wow. Uh, it had a planned capital of 50,000. So that is, um, that's what, how the dynamics worked out. All right. Actually, there's one more question from Alex. I'm pretty sure I know which Alex this is. And he's asking, do you think the rut is currently overextended up 28% since November 1st? Yeah, the, the, the Russell's horrendously overextended, but you know, you have to come, we always have to be aware of how overextended the other indexes are and they're not. So mm -hmm. the Russell being the strong index and everybody rotated into it, you have to expect that it's going to be overextended and you need to call the Russell tops off of where the SPX tops are likely to be. That's, that's the benefit of cross index analysis. Great point. John, as always, amazing job bringing in a mixture of the, the psychology and the understanding of how traders think and uh, with, you know, really sophisticated uh, analysis uh, using the M21 strategy. So again, uh, folks, smbu.com slash M21 dash packages. Uh, that is the way you can get a hold of these amazing strategies and uh, courses on how to adjust your adjust and really initiate your trades and plan for them based on the M21 system. So John, Thanks a million. Thanks, everybody. And uh, have a safe week and great week trading. Anybody in the Northeast, get your snow plows out because it's going to be <laughs> – are you going to get hit hard up there, John? Uh, that's that's what I'm hearing, yeah. yeah. So we'll wait and see. My plow's on my truck. I'm good to go. Yeah. The weatherman is like – they're like uh, um, they're like technical analysts, right? And uh, they know where the market's <laughs> going to go, and the rest of us are, are stuck, stuck with it. All right. That's take right. care, and good night, right, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.